0: Hey, hmm can I ask you a question? Always. What's the one thing when we travel that we always make sure we find?
1: Oh, coffee. You know, bad coffee makes my brain angry.
0: And we've been a lot of places.
1: We've had a lot of coffee.
0: But when we're home, there's only one place that we get coffee from.
1: Yeah, Hacienda Real in Costa Rica.
0: We found this place when we were in Costa Rica a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and it's a micro roastery. Using only Costa Rican beans. Their blend is a mix of Arabica and Peaberry. And if you don't know about Peaberry, you need to find out about it because Mm. it is amazing. Takes
1: all the bitterness out. All
0: the bitterness out. And we place orders and it's shipped directly to our door.
1: You can get light, medium, or dark roast. You can get ground. You can get whole bean. And it is roasted to order. So... There is a date stamped on your coffee so you know when it was roasted and bagged. It's good for a year after you order it, and it is the best coffee that we have ever had.
0: So click the link in our show notes or go to goldenbean.net and use the offer code COFCHR20 for 10% off your order.
1: Hacienda Real, keep your brain happy. Hey, Dante.
0: Hey, B. Looking
1: pretty smart in your undies.
0: Thanks, I've been doing my deds.
1: <laughs> oh, I can see that. But it's not just what's in them, it's what's on them.
0: But yeah, I got on my smart ass undies. They're not just super comfy, they've got cheeky motivations on them that keep me in the right state of mind.
1: Oh, yeah, like we could all use a little brain lift these days, am I right? They're also lovingly made from sustainable, low impact materials, so we can love the planet and cover our asses all at the same time.
0: Motivate your ass with smart ass undies. Click the link in the show notes or on the Things We Love page on our website.
1: And remember to enter the discount code CheatingOnFear10 for 10% off your order. Smartass undies. Cheeky and comfy.
2: Hey everyone, this is Dante,
1: and I'm Beatrice,
2: and this is Cheating Up Here.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. We're working again.
2: We are, even though, even <laughs> though, even though I was sick, but I'm on the tail end of that, so we're good.
1: You were sick for like two days. I,
2: I know. What can I say? My immune system is amazing.
1: <laughs> you were a little bit of a man, baby, I'm mm-hmm. not going to
2: lie. Just for one night, and then I was better. <laughs>
1: when you didn't get food fast enough. That's right. You looked like you were going to burst into <laughs> tears. <laughs>
2: Look, I'll close the cheese container up. You do what you need to do, okay? <laughs> That's just what happens. You
1: were literally like grabbing shit out of my hands to put it in the fridge so you could eat sooner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so my apologies if I sound a little bit froggy on on the podcast today. Oh, you're
1: fine. Thank
2: you. So, uh, what is it, about a week ago? Yeah. Yeah, about a week ago, I was home with my kids and they were in bed and whatever, and I was looking for something to watch at night, and I went on Netflix and I think I typed in comedy or whatever and one of the first ones that came up was the Judd Apatow film. This is 40. Okay. Now for those of you that don't know, this is 40 is kind of like it's not it's like a spiritual successor to Knocked Up.
1: Right. So some of the same characters. Yes. It's like it's like it's like if movies had spin-offs. It's Right. So it's not necessarily a sequel cuz no. it's
2: not about Catherine Heigel or Seth Rogen, who or, were their, their,
1: or their irresponsible sex, yeah, sex,
2: and having a baby and all that. Mm. But Catherine Heigl's sister in Knocked Up, played by the wonderful Leslie Mann, you've got quite a thing for her. She's cute. She's very cute. She's very cute. I've I've loved Leslie Mann since since the forty year old virgin.
1: Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So she's Judd Apatow's wife yes. in real life, mm-hmm. and in Knocked Up. Their kids,
3: their daughters, their
2: daughters had a cameo role Mm -hmm. as Leslie Mann and her husband, Paul Rudd, as their daughters. Mm -hmm. And this is 40 picks up not quite 10 years later, but close to when they are both on the cusp of turning 40. So the daughters, the Apatel. The
1: parents, not the daughters. No.
2: Yeah, the parents. (laughs) So Paul Rudd, Leslie Mann. Both 40. Both turning 40. The Leslie Man, Judd Apatow offspring are now that much older. They're like thirteen
1: and nine. Yeah, something
2: along those lines. Yeah. Uh, Iris and Maud, I think, are their are their names. Uh, not in the sh- no, they're in real life. Oh, not okay. not in the movie. There's Charlotte and Sadie. Sadie, Sadie and Charlotte. Sorry, Sadie's the older one. And the movie ostensibly is about getting older.
1: <laughs> it, I'm laughing because, and this is I assume why you wanted to talk about this because you're 45
2: right and i and i wasn't in my 40s when i saw this movie or when it first came out
1: what was what when did it come out 2012 Mm -hmm. so how old were you in 2012
2: uh 2012 i would have been in my late 30s so close to turning 40
1: no yeah you didn't turn 40 until 2017
2: yeah so all right, my so mid thirties, my mid thirties, my mid thirties, yeah.
1: Which seems like a baby now. Uh, yeah. And I was very healthily in. I was. I was forty one.
2: Right. So this was about ten years ago for us, effectively. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah.
1: So you're forty five now, mm-hmm. and I'm fifty one. Yep. And yeah, you found it interesting because well,
2: it struck me because as I'm watching this movie, they go to great pains to kind of show the hardships of getting older. <laughs> Like there's this little montage in the movie where like Paul Rudd's getting a hernia check and a prostate check and Leslie Mann is getting dental work and a mammogram. And it's like, look at all the upkeep you have to do Mm. as your aging bodies are falling apart. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck all that shit, right? Mm -hmm. So I just found it really, really interesting that at the time was what I was being told my forties were going to look like, mm-hmm. and now halfway through my forties, it's nothing like that.
1: There were a couple of things you said about Paul Rudd that were kind of interesting because, right? Because now in Hollywood, he's sort of like a vampire, right? He's got yeah. like this. He's he doesn't he seems age. to never get older. He looks amazing. He plays. He has all these great roles.
2: Eminently likable in yes. all of his roles. And
1: what did you say about him in this movie? He
2: looks older. And is more unlikable in this movie than I have ever seen Mm -hmm. him in anything else. Mm -hmm.
1: So 10 years later, he looks better than he did in this movie.
2: Yeah. And I I think that that was intentional because... Sure. His character was dealing with... His character was essentially going through a midlife crisis. Yeah, he was going through it. Right? Well, they both were. They both were. Yeah. And they're told that the time between their 40s and their 60s are the happiest times of their life. Between 40 and 60. Between 40 and 60. Yeah. Because you theoretically are in your career you've had your family or your family is growing you know you're settled you have enough money to do the things you want like you should have everything you want Mm -hmm. at that time Mm -hmm. and shocker surprise they're super unhappy Mm -hmm.
1: and really her in particular her character is really caught up with everything she's lost or thinks she's lost mm-hmm. or is losing. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting to, re- so I ended up rewatching it with you because yeah. we thought, okay, let's let's take a look at this. And, and so much about aging mm-hmm. and getting older has to do with the cultural perception yeah. of what that means. And the way those things are passed down and the messaging keeps getting fed to us over and over and over and over again. And I think it's changing a little bit because mm-hmm. there were a lot of a lot of themes and a lot of things in this movie that we kind of looked at each other like They
2: didn't age well.
1: No, yeah. like the opening scene is them having sex in the shower. Yeah. They have this beautiful bedroom ensuite where it's like they basically have A bedroom, a living room, a bathroom, like like their own... A dressing area. It's like like their 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 own own apartment. apartment In their house. Yeah. And um, they're having sex in the shower and it seems to be going really well. And uh, he tells her that it's going that well because he's taken Viagra.
2: Yeah, he took a Viagra. Yeah,
1: And it stops everything and she gets really upset. She
2: does. She gets really offended by the fact that he quote, needs something to be able to fuck her like that.
1: Because she thinks you're you can't you can't fuck me like that because you're not attracted to me. Yes. And he's saying, No no no, it's just because I'm older, I'm getting older and yeah. you think he's not even forty. He's, like he's barely forty. Thirty
2: nine yeah. when that scene takes place. And we're
1: kinda like, wow. And yeah. but 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 if I thought about it, there were men that I dated in their thirties mm-hmm. that had trouble, mm-hmm. had issues. But she she makes a comment, we're young people. Like, we shouldn't have to do yeah,
3: this. Yeah, yeah. And
1: I, I I, think what's changed in that intervening decade is that it doesn't matter how old you are. No. Because a lot of, I would say the vast majority of erectile dysfunction issues are psychological, not necessarily physiological. It seems to
2: be. When we talked to Dr. Tom Murray about erectile disappointment that's what he calls it yeah it more often than not is a psychological issue mm-hmm. that physiologically most men are capable but their brains get in the way
1: and i think it's so interesting because i think post covid there's a lot there's a lot of anxiety about mm-hmm. reconnecting with people mm-hmm. and you know people making judgments or people not knowing how to deal with a situation like that yeah and so they're just like fuck it i'm just going to skip all of the anxiety around that, and just go for that just
2: go for something new
1: or, or go for that solution
2: right, or go, right yeah. go,
1: go right to the to a medical solution right. where I don't even have to think about yeah, it yeah, yeah, but I just found it odd. I felt like that was a real overreaction from her and I, and I also think, and maybe it's just see, and it's hard for me to discern what is sort of normal for us mm. versus what's normal. Outside. Outside of that.
2: Yeah. I think it was an overreaction intentionally, but I think now that I've seen the movie a couple of times, I think that it is in keeping with her character, his fear of her overreacting Mm -hmm. to things Mm -hmm. and her just generally overreacting to stuff, like making a mountain out of a molehill for everything.
1: I will tell you that in past relationships, I've dealt with that issue. Yeah. Not very well. And I felt the same way she did, yeah, that like that there's something wrong. There's with something you. wrong with me. Yeah. Why, like you used to find me attractive? How come you don't find me attractive anymore? And I didn't understand enough about how the psychology of that is if it happens one time, the chances of it happening again are very, very high. If you make it a big deal and like hold a little funeral for that penis, like and yeah. and yeah. I think you know, not having the same sort of sexual relationship with this person that I have with you. I didn't know how to deal with that. Where it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I guess we're doing oral today. Or like right, like sex, you know, needs to have a broader definition. Yes.
2: Than just inserting something into something else. Yes. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So there
2: and I think guys, I mean, we deal with this poorly because I'm sure there are guys out there who have come too quickly. And in an effort to cover up for that fact, they tell the person, Oh my god, like you're just so incredibly hot. I can't. I couldn't control myself. Like oh, I just. Oh, okay. And then
1: when you start to control and yourself, then, and
2: then when <laughs> then when you're not coming in thirty seconds, right? You've just trained your partner into believing that your quick ejaculation is because you find them so incredibly hot, and now you are not ejaculating quickly. Therefore, ipso facto, ergo. They're not attracted to you anymore. The
1: only logical conclusion is that you're less attracted to me than yeah, you used to be. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, yeah,
1: and that makes sense. And that, I mean, that's why proper communication is so important.
2: Right. Instead of just going like, I don't know, man, like it was just the, the sensations were just so incredibly intense. I couldn't, like, that's it. To tie it to the fact that it was extremely pleasurable, but to not link it to the physical appearance of your partner mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. is the key to
1: handle that so what would you say now then if you if you had a really quick you just yeah, say basically
2: that like it's I been could, a while for me it's been a while I mean depending I would be honest in what the situation is if it has actually been a while then that's it oftentimes when I come faster than I want to it's just because I'm super dialed into the sensations and everything that is mm-hmm. happening in the moment and the, whether I want to hold it or not I'm not necessarily I don't, and it just, you know, and there it goes, right? See, and, I'm,
1: and I'm always very interested.
2: I know, you want to know, what, like, what worked? <laughs> what worked for you this time?
1: Yeah, because, you know, you're um, there's lots of different things that work for you, mm-hmm. and so I can't tell, I, I like to know that. Yeah. You know, but I'm not going to lie to you, there have been times where it's taken, a, like, a really long time, mm-hmm. or it doesn't happen at all, and I would think, I'm just not... I'm just not getting the job done. Now,
2: you know, you were the first partner that I've had where we've discussed the fact that every time we have sex, it doesn't necessarily mean that one or both of us are going to orgasm. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes, but but that regardless on whether or not that's the case, for me, it's always pleasurable and it's always enjoyable and it's always part of connecting with you. And to not, to kind of take that goal out of it of we are doing sex for the orgasm. Right. And take the orgasm out and... What you mean by take... Siri. <laughs> Siri's so dirty. Siri's been eavesdropping a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Taking the orgasm out of the sex and making the sex more about the connection with you. Right. First of all, it takes the pressure off. But also I think it sets the right expectation that if this is one of those times where I don't Finish that it's not because you did something wrong, mm-hmm. or I'm not into you as much as I was the mm-hmm. last time, or whatever. And it's made it very freeing, liberating.
1: Absolutely. I think one of the biggest misconceptions in heterosex is that it is certainly male orgasm orient- mm. oriented, yeah. where it's over when the man comes. Mm-hmm. It's not over until he comes. Right. And I think a lot of women (laughs) say no to sex more often because they know it's going to be
3: Mm -hmm.
1: a lot longer than they would like. Yeah. Either because they just don't have that kind of endurance or because they have other shit they need to do that day. And, you know, that's something else that Dr. Murray kind of talked to us about is the idea of, you know, fast food sex or... Where it doesn't necessarily have to be quick, but it would the idea that it doesn't have to be about the orgasm. Yeah. That and, it's about connecting. And I think that more women would have more sex if they knew that they could sort of stop at any time and say, mm-hmm. Okay, like I that's enough for now. And if there was and the the frequency was increased, I think that more men would be like, All right, that's cool. Like I'll well, yeah, because I'll it's come not next like, time.
2: Exactly. It's not like, well, this is the, you know, twice monthly sex time with my partner so i gotta so i gotta like ugh, i gotta, gotta get do all it. the things yeah and we gotta, all the positions all mm-hmm. the stuff because you know it, it's gonna be weeks before we have sex again right and then the pressure of like well you know my partner's like well we don't have sex very often so you definitely must come and if you don't come are you fucking somebody else you don't yeah. find me attractive like you should be <laughs> all built up and ready to go it shouldn't take any longer than whatever and and i think with with me specifically and i think i think Uh, penis holders in general they are very finicky and very susceptible to psychological stresses Mm -hmm. in terms of the quality of of your erection and things of that nature
1: well and the brain is an important sex organ yeah and it can i mean this is why you know no pun intended this is why we do the post-mortem is because i like to know what was it that did it for you Mm -hmm. this time or Mm -hmm. what Why do you think you didn't come this time? And not from a shamey way, just pure curiosity, because I just want to know you better. And I just want to know your body better. Mm -hmm. And I think the last time I asked you, you said something like, I don't know, just some like random thought flew through my head and I had to start all over again. And I think women are under the misconception that men can just compartmentalize and just do whatever. And that... Women understand that we are very, like, if we're under stress or if we're worried about something or whatever, it's going to be difficult or more difficult or impossible to have an orgasm. But I don't think we allow men the same consideration.
2: I feel like the best way to explain it, the way my body works, is I imagine it's like surfing, <laughs> okay, in that if anybody has ever surfed before, you know that there's a fair bit of effort in terms of paddling, but also the timing mm-hmm. of of getting in front of the wave, getting up on two feet, keeping your balance, and allowing the wave to push you mm-hmm. where the orgasm would be that perfect ride where everything works and you ride out right, right shore right into shore or whatever, and if any one of those things doesn't work. Stray thought, rhythms off, whatever. Just anything comes in between you and what you're trying to achieve, you have to wait for the next wave. Right. Right. <laughs> you gotta paddle back out there. Yep. Right? Set yourself up, get in position, turn the board around and and start all over again, That's right? That's a great analogy. When it runs away from me, it feels like it feels like that. It just feels like and sometimes, you know, again, when you're sometimes when you're surfing, you just it's just not your day and you're just gonna miss Every wave, mm-hmm. and you're either just going to go, all right, well, fuck, that's it. I guess it's time to go in, or you're going to get super frustrated and stay out there as long as possible until you get sunburned or chafed or whatever.
1: Yeah, but and this is the, why would you do that? Like, just you know, say you know, surfing was fun today. Didn't yep. didn't have, like surfing's still fun? Yeah, still, you're still out on the water, still out in the water. Yep,
2: and in the sun. and
1: your surf instructor is still staring at your ass.
2: Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's not been my experience. Sorry, I feel that, like that so, might be your oh, experience. Sorry,
1: that was me. Yeah, sorry, you're right. That was me. <laughs> Debbie's character is obsessed with her age.
2: Yeah, that's the Leslie Man character. She yeah.
1: lies about her age. To everyone. To everyone. Her doctor. In, including her doctor yep. and all of his support staff. Yeah. And her concern is that she doesn't want to have to start acting, dressing, being like older women and her right. perception of older women. Like she says, I don't want to, I, I need to be 38. For longer, like I don't want to shop in old lady stores. Uh And that really got to me as someone who really likes to shop. Mm -hmm. And I really like my clothes from not old lady stores. And she
2: lists off all these like classic American. Old lady stores like Filene's Basement and something Brian and Brian to, and Taylor it's just <laughs> and like Taylor. yeah it's just all these all, all these like in my, Canada
1: we have Northern Reflections
2: yeah but these are these are stores that like my ex mother in law would always go into yeah. always 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 and it's
1: right? like no one said you have to start shopping yeah at an old lady store nobody's carding
2: you before you go into no. like Aritzia I mean, or whatever
1: I mean I do. Pro- Prefer to shop at Aritzia online because, you know. Yeah, well, it's the, a little bit crazy, but yeah, but but I still buy most of my clothes from there,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm not going to let anybody tell me, oh, you can't wear it. We were just shopping a little bit a little while ago, and you were kind enough to indulge me, but they're like lemon yellow stiletto heels. Yeah, gorgeous. I can't wait. I can't wait to
2: wear them. Yeah, I could, <laughs> so, not, I could a, not buy them for you. It's a little
1: snowy here in Canada right now, but I cannot wait to wear them. Yeah. I'm very excited to wear them. You know, with other clothes that some people might find, might not find age appropriate for me. And I don't give a fuck because I wear what I want. Tell me about some of the things that Paul Rudd does to say subtle or not so subtle fuck yous to his wife.
2: Well... He seems to have a cupcake adi- addiction.
1: He has a junk food addiction. A junk food
2: addic- addiction specifically, but an eating disorder in general.
1: <laughs> Sorry, that's not funny, but yeah.
2: Well, but but the, you don't often see, especially in comedies, men with disordered eating. Secretly, dis- yeah. Well, and like, that, that's, that's his thing is yeah. like he she doesn't want him to eat like this. So, he's like I'm going to do it. And does it behind her back. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. gets of junk food in the house. He has this like bro cycling club,
3: mm-hmm. you
2: know, like the kind where they wear like the one piece spandex yep. and have like the lock in shoes
3: mm-hmm. and
2: they have the racing bikes, mm-hmm. but none of them are doing the Tour de France. Right. <laughs> right. So they'll ride around town in their mm-hmm. little pack
3: mm-hmm.
2: with their aerodynamic helmets and then finish at a cafe and and eat like four thousand calories worth of pastries or something like that at the end. Mm-hmm. So there's there's that, and he's also in a lot of financial trouble, and he is compounding it and making it worse. Mm-hmm. And he has not told her any of it, Mm-mm. basically because he keeps trying to cover, mm-hmm. hoping he's going to get dig out of it, and he just digs a deeper and deeper and deeper hole.
1: And I think it's great that we're going through through all of this because. I think these are a lot of very real issues that affect a lot of couples. Uh, Yeah, I, I agree. And so the miscommunication gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Like she is very focused on the fact that she doesn't feel attractive. And so she doesn't feel that he's attracted to her. And there are a lot of different... Scenes where she makes bids for attention. Mm-hmm. Remember we did that episode?
2: Yeah. At one point, even with her tits out, like yeah. standing in front of him.
1: And he was like, oh, I didn't know you did that on purpose. I didn't want you to be embarrassed.
2: Yeah, I wanted but to be chivalrous. So I wasn't pointing out that your boob had gallant, fallen out. Gallant, I think gallant, is the right. word yes, he uses. Yeah. yeah.
1: But she she's obsessed with being attractive to her husband and she doesn't feel like she is. And what she doesn't realize is he's not feeling like... He's in the mood because he has all these other things yeah. that he's hiding and dealing yep. with on his own and hanging on by the skin of his teeth, and he's so stressed.
2: While also giving money to his mooch of a dad, yeah, like behind li- behind her back, behind lying her to back. her. She asks him outright, "Are you still loaning money to to your dad?" And he's like, "No, I haven't done that in years." And legit, he lying. did it like that day. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And so she complains to her trainer. Who's Jason Siegel?
2: Jason Siegel, yeah. And Bodies by Jason. <laughs>
1: he's he's a he's a transformation coach. Yeah. And her and her, and another lady are are training. Yeah, it's her best friend. And, yeah. And yeah, isn't it isn't it his buddy's wife?
2: Yeah, it's his, his buddy's bu- wife. Yeah, yeah, it's his. Buddy's yeah, it's like wife. their couple friend.
1: And that's it's Robert. Smeagle, uh,
2: Robert Smeagle, yeah,
1: and uh, co-creator
2: of the ambiguously gay duo. I'm going to put that in the show notes if <laughs> nobody, if nobody's seen the ambiguously gay duo.
1: You should see; I, it's there, it's probably hard to find because SNL is very very protective of yeah. their stuff.
2: Let me see what I can do. Yeah,
1: and the three of them are kind of taking a break, and she's talking about to her trainer about her husband being attracted to her and all that kind of stuff. And her friend pipes up and says, "You know what? Like, stop having sex. You won't have fights anymore."
2: Yeah, you won't fight about sex anymore if you just don't have sex.
1: And we and we kind of looked at each other like that makes all the fights about sex. Yeah, if you don't have sex anymore. Yeah. Like I I don't. I've never heard of like maybe it happens in other couples where people just quietly accept it and just move forward and just go. I guess we just don't do that anymore. Well, I but in in my relationship that certainly wasn't the case. It came up over and over and over and over again, and I know that was the same for you. Was it not? Yeah,
2: but the comparison against other couples in the friend group between my ex and I were mm-hmm. that we were doing, quote, better than what the other people were doing in terms of frequency of sex and things like that. And so therefore, be you, happy with you what need you got. To stop complaining. Yeah, and it wasn't complaining. It was like, it was trying to say, this is what I need. And being told, what does matter what you need? You have more than other people. So that should be enough.
1: Do you know what that's called? Tell me. Have you ever heard of the theory of relative privation?
2: uh maybe sounds cool. really intellectual it, it does it? yeah
1: basically that's the thing where people go you can voice a concern or something that's upsetting you and somebody says people are dying kim like, <laughs> people are starving like what the fuck do you have to complain about yeah and it's it's invalidating your something that you're upset about or something that bothers you because other people have it worse than you. Yeah, it's like well, both yeah, those
2: things can happen. People at the same time. always
1: have. There's always somebody that has yeah, a worse life than you yeah, or has yeah. worse problems than you. Yeah, doesn't make doesn't invalidate your problems or your feelings about it. Yeah, it's not like well, you know, there's you know, there's lots of people that have less sex than you, and you go, you know what? I'm all better now. Thanks. You're for that. right. You're thank right. You. Th- I, thank you for that perspective check. Yeah. I appreciate it. They were talking about. I think they were talking about getting married again. Would you ever do it again? And her friend was like, I'm just going to Clooney it. Which is one of the jokes that didn't age well. No. At that time, George Clooney was a confirmed bachelor. He was
2: going to be forever.
1: Forever. He yeah. was never going to get married. He was just going to bang bitches as long as mm-hmm. he was able to. And then he met... Amal. Amal Clooney. Mm-hmm. And they married and had twins. And we didn't watch this part together. I was at Home Alone when I was watching this part. And I remember... I. I wrote down in my notes, like, they have the best marriage.
2: It certainly seems that like... That I've
1: ever... Se- like, it seems like it. seems like
2: on the outside that they have a great marriage.
1: Like, who... Did he make the speech? Or did she make the speech about... She made
2: the speech about him. About him. Yeah, he was about getting an award. being, like,
1: the best partner, father, yeah. lover, husband. Like, all of it. Let's see
2: if I can find that speech.
1: That would be so great if you could find that. Because it, I remember watching it with you and just thinking, Oh my God, like... You don't see this very often and like wondering, what is, what do you think it is that makes their marriage so different from so many other marriages? And I can't even believe I'm going to say this. I think a piece of wisdom that has come out of MILF Manor so far. Oh my God. stay tuned people, this is coming, from Jose.
2: Jose, yeah.
1: Who's one of the young sons. He said, I think the best relationships are when you have equality between the two partners. Yeah. And I was just like, who is this kid? Like, no wonder he gets so much pussy. But
2: he's going to get he's going to he's going to run through all of those mills. Oh,
1: yeah. But I think I think that, you know, George was a mature man. Yeah. Amal didn't need him for shit no
2: she was a she's extremely a, she, she, successful lawyer she's a
1: superstar in her own right yeah. she's she's a lawyer for the United Nations she's absolutely. a human
2: rights human lawyer. rights attorney yeah yeah so she does a
1: lot of yeah. stuff like that and they just have so much respect for each other as people mm-hmm. that you don't get this sort of they're like at the other end of the spectrum yeah. as far as how they treat each other and like not hiding things from each other yeah. you know communicating well and it's It's, it was really interesting that that was the, you know, I'm just going to Clooney it. Yeah. Or like confirmed singlehood was, he was a verb for that.
2: Forever. never. (laughs) When are you going to get married, George? (laughs) Never. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
1: never got a lot shorter. JK. JK. And then there was another thing that the friend said, and I was kind of like, wait a second. And this was another thing that scares women. I don't know what it is about women Liking to scare other women about pregnancy, childbirth, mm-hmm. menopause, all that shit. Yep. And she talked about, she's like, doesn't it bother you that you're, no, I'm all numb down there after my C-section.
2: Yeah. Like.
1: And it's like, I was like, Hol, hold on. She was trying to say that her vagina was numb, that she could feel nothing because she had a cesarean section.
2: Yeah. And I was like. There's nerve damage or some And shit. I was
1: like, hold on.
2: Did you look it up?
1: No, I don't have to look it up. I've had two cesarean sections uh-huh. and they don't go anywhere near your vagina. Yeah. Yes, there is numbness at the incision site. Right. Yes, but that's not generally where men stick their dicks. No. It's usually a little south of there.
2: Usually, usually.
1: So I'm 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 pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's not a thing. Like I had two cesarean sections and there was no effect I, on the I, vagina. I, I, the incision site is numb. I, I still, I'm sure, I'm just, sorry, running my hand across it right now. doesn't seem to, I don't know. Nah, it seems like the feelings come back, but it's been 21 years. I don't yeah, know. I but, don't, like, yeah. But I've never had, I've never spoke to any woman. No, same. Who's had a cesarean section and said, my vagina is numb now. Yeah. Like, never. And then, <laughs> this actually shocked me. So, Paul Rudd's character, whose name is Pete, is sitting with his friend, his cycling friend, mm-hmm. in the cafe, and they're scarfing down croissants and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about like, do you ever like, do you ever like w- wish your wife would die?
2: <laughs> they talked a lot about fucking the death of their spouse in this movie. Yeah,
1: like, oh my god, like, like sh- there's there's Pete and Debbie do like a lust weekend getaway. Yeah, and it's they, for her
2: birthday. It's her birthday, and they present. start
1: talking about how. Like, oh my God. He's like, sometimes you get so mad at me. Like, it's like, you want to kill me. And she's like, I do want to kill you. And he's like, how would you do it? And they have this, like, the most excited, intimate conversation about how they would murder the other one.
2: Yeah. She'll kill him by poisoning slowly so that he's weak and she can take care of him and enjoy him over the last couple (laughs) of months. And he will put her in a wood chipper like Fargo. Just.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you think. And and he says to his friend, well, you know, I don't want her to be in any pain or anything. I just want her to like... Yeah, you know, she's like, the mother sil- of my children. Silently sli- slip into death. And then, you know, and then, and then my life would be great. And then his friend's like, yeah, because then you'll be a widower. Like what women, what woman doesn't want a widower? Like it's just, it's so hot, right? And you're just like, this is fucked up.
2: Do they know women? Like... Oh, women love widowers. Do women love widowers? Oh, yeah. Widowers with children? Yes. Oh, yeah, Hey.
1: Super hot. Because you know what? You don't have to deal with the crazy ex.
2: Uh, fair.
1: Except that... You You'll know, never live up to them. Except there's no... And there's no 50% custody.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, no. They got to spend time with the mom's uh, parents. You oh, know? is that right? They yeah, just yeah, go to they, grandma's? Yeah, they got to have some time yeah. with the maternal grandparents. Right, 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 right. Yeah.
1: yeah, because that's, you know, that's their only memories. Right. But I, I thought that was... I thought that was fucked up.
2: Yeah, I forgot that they had they had foreshadowed it earlier on in the movie
1: foreshadowed what
2: what well, the, the talking about killing your spouse
1: or just them dying yeah. like it's like that wouldn't be the worst thing like you and i have actually i mean we were stoned at the time but like actually been in tears thinking about the other one dying oh my God, when
2: we watched thor love and thunder <laughs> when when thor's lady friend was dying and you're like and you're like natalie you know, portman natalie portman you're like you know that's gonna be us that's one gonna day. be one of us that's gonna be us one day <laughs> And I'm like, oh my god, why would you say that? No, I got to think about saying goodbye to you. And then like, it was like,
1: what, what, which, what, which one would be worse? If like, if I died first or if you died first? Like, what would be worse? Would, and we were, and we were really upset.
2: Yeah, it fucking sucked.
1: We were really upset about it. Did.
2: It. it did suck.
1: <laughs> so I never think about.
2: I never think about killing you either. I hope I hope that doesn't come as any surprise. No,
1: no, it's just it's it was really interesting how it's yeah. like I couldn't imagine I couldn't imagine that. Like, well, how do you and like if I die first, like poor women that come next.
2: Fair. There is that scene though in a marriage story.
1: Oh, yeah, marriage story, yeah. With Daddy Driver. Yes, Daddy Driver and his giant nose.
2: Yeah, and... Uh, I love those, by the way. <laughs> really I, I say that
1: with all the lust in the world. Yes.
2: A Roman nose may be weak in the knees. Mm. But there's this scene, uh, Scarlett Johansson, I think, is his, is his yeah. wife, right? And so yeah. it's about basically the end of a marriage. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine it's really full of happy moments. But there is this point in that movie... Where they're having a fight and he gets so angry and he's like if there was a way like if there was no way that it would affect our son by having you gone I wish you would die yeah like just yeah I hate you so much just
1: make this all stop just make, make this stop. all
2: just go away and then he like punches a wall and puts yeah puts his hand through some drywall or something that like really that that really
1: affected you
2: it did because I remember we watched it New Year's Eve 2019 going into 2020 <laughs> At the treehouse in Costa Rica, mm-hmm. and you know before the fucking pandemic and all of yeah. that sort of stuff happening, but I could sympathize with Adam Driver's character in that in that movie because there had been times at the end of my marriage and and post end of the marriage mm-hmm. interactions mm-hmm. with my my kid's mom, and having those feelings of like holy fuck this would be so much easier and yeah. there'd be so much less pain if one of us wasn't here anymore right and i vote you right to be the one that's not here yeah it was but, just
1: it was like it was so chaotic you just didn't see a way out of it
2: right but that feeling of like i i want this more than anything else but i also know that if it did come to pass it would traumatize my children right, right. to lose one of their parents yeah it's like yeah to have
3: mm-hmm. to
2: be thinking so much about your child and their well-being but also holding a thought that is absolutely counter mm-hmm. to the well-being of your child mm-hmm. you know like and he plays it so good he so does he good, really does good. he does
1: tell me about men escaping to the bathroom
2: I'm guilty of this. Not so much anymore. But they make a point of this where Paul Rudd's character disappears to the washroom. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a couple of times a day. She
1: said four times. She said, this is the first to- fourth time you've been on the crapper today.
2: Yeah. And like, not just for 15 minutes. Like, he's, he sounds like he goes in there for like 45 minutes, an hour. An or something hour. Like
1: yeah. That. Yeah. He just and disappears. He just
2: disappears. And she comes in, opens the door. He's playing fucking Scrabble on his iPad or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because... For me, what it was is that there's a lot going on in the house and you can't get away Mm -hmm. because if you get away to go do things for yourself, you're not helping out. You're selfish. The kids need snacks and fucking Cheerios and whatever. So you can't leave. So you find refuge somewhere. Mm -hmm. And some people have like a man cave in their house and that's where they can go. I
1: find that weird.
2: Right. Or a she shed for the other side. That's Um, also weird. uh, Well, a lot of people you know like have a workshop or something and they go and they tinker in the workshop like that's their way to kind of get away i didn't have anything like that nowhere in my house was just my space so it would be the bathroom and i would fucking read or you know play a handheld play a handheld game or do something just to have some time to myself Mm -hmm. and
1: and what do women do
2: for that i don't know what do women do (laughs)
1: We lose our fucking minds. Lose your
2: minds, go out with the girlfriends or something, have a ladies' night.
1: Yeah, but that's not time alone. But it's
2: not. It's not. Like, I I think,
1: honestly, I think a lot of women go to the grocery store. It's like, I'm going to go do groceries. I I used to run errands. That's what I used to do. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm going to go do the groceries. I'm going to do the running around. I'm going to do all that stuff. And it was like blasting music in my car and just like making it take as long as possible. And I mean,
2: if you have more than one kid, You get what it's like when you don't have to look after all of the kids at once. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I would do that too. I'd go grocery shopping, but I'd take one of my kids with me. Right, right. And then it was still fucking head and shoulders easier (laughs) than managing all three of them. Right. Especially when they were little, right? But yeah, he does that. and, And she's so fucking annoyed with him about it.
1: And I think this is another instance where simple communication... Yes, would help that a lot, 100%. and I realize it's a movie, but we're pulling themes and talking yeah. about them. And as people move into their 30s and 40s, where they have youngish families or teenagers, mm-hmm. where it gets very chaotic in the house, and you need a minute, just say, "Listen, I need a minute.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just gonna and say something to someone, so they don't all of a sudden realize, you know, wait a second, my husband's missing, and I'm <laughs> dealing with this chaos all by myself." Yes. Oh, you just. Oh, you just realized something.
2: Yes, because if you would say that, then when you're getting a blowjob ten minutes before going to school, you don't have your kids banging on the door thinking like one of their parents is dead because their mouth is full of dick and can't say anything to them, okay, which was a scene need to in the movie. This. It's a scene in the movie
1: that we okay. That was on my list of like the the most ill timed. Impromptu blowjob yeah. in history. They're literally ten minutes from having to get out the door to school to work. All the things they've locked their bedroom door. Yeah, the girls are fighting and yeah. they're pounding on the door while she's giving him a blowjob. And he's trying. We were talking about focus. Yeah, yeah. He can't focus. She's ignoring them. <laughs>
2: Mom can't talk right now.
1: <laughs> and it's like, what are you doing?
2: I know. But I think
1: this is you know our our ability to plan things. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that is a feature of a lot of heteronormy relationships yeah. is spontaneity. Yeah. That planned sex isn't sexy. That setting out a block of time to do things isn't sexy. And that she just has to drop to her knees right there and give this blowjob and that chaos ensues and you and I are going, you know, that could have easily been
2: avoided. 100%.
1: You know, where it's like tell you what they both run their own businesses yeah the kids are at school all day You go tell you what i'll meet your ass here at 11 o'clock
2: yeah exactly drop the kids off at school yeah i'll be right here when you come back i'll be here yeah
1: on my knees ready to put your dick in my mouth yeah that's how you plan
2: a blowjob yeah. yeah and then this guy's driving to school driving back thinking about that yeah he, he, she's gonna be down there for five seconds and he's gonna be done
1: and, you, and that's the thing like you you want passion in your in yeah. your life you want passion in your sex life that's how you fucking build that shit. It's called anticipation. Yeah. Not 10 minutes before everybody. There's. It's fucking insane. Nobody can enjoy anything. Uh-uh. That way the kids are traumatized with yep. their parents' door locked. Like, what the fuck's going on? No. And it's like, no, 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 no. So that, you know, so you, you messed up my list. So I have to <laughs> circle back a little bit. <laughs> because that man disappearing to the crapper thing also leads into... There's a little bit of weaponized incompetence.
2: Oh yeah, in this book. Oh or in yeah, this,
1: in this book. <laughs> in this movie. Oh yeah, where he's like, just just tell me, just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Like, you know. And I think that there are men that weaponize incompetence about the house, about the kids, mm-hmm. about the relationship. It's like women have to be the authority on everything, and then they get blamed for being naggy. Yep. Where it's like. You know, this isn't working. Like, okay, well, tell me what to do and I'll do it.
2: No. No, you do need to figure some shit out You on your go own.
1: figure some shit out. Yeah. I'm not here to be your relationship coach. Oh, no. Or your parenting coach. Or your or your Marie Kondo. Like, figure it out, bro. <laughs> and there are so many... Ma- I have to tell a story because I feel like I have finally found my failure as a mother.
2: Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, I want to hear this.
1: So my younger son recently moved out. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy for him. He kind of moved out. Like He still
2: he still comes by.
1: <laughs> he'll come through and spend the yeah, night every once in a while.
2: Yeah, you guys had a little weekend working it's, out it and very cute. stuff like that. Yeah, we
1: picked up some food, started watching yeah. White Lotus. It's really yeah. good. But he was at his house and there was a girl there too. And he was changing laundry from the washing machine to the dryer. And he went to close the dryer and she goes, Wait a second, aren't you going to clear out the lint trap? And he's like, the fuck is that? she's like the lint trap (laughs) oh yeah you don't know what a lint trap is and he's like no what's a lint trap she's like you gotta clear the lint trap out you could set your dryer on fire and he's like what no like you're shitting me she's like no you have to clean out your lint trap and she she does it and she goes your mother never taught you to clean out the lint trap and my son says i don't think she knows what that is (laughs) and he's like and, and this girl was like thank god like she's never met me but she goes She knows what it is. She knows. Otherwise, your house would be burned down. Yeah.
2: Right? You didn't get to be this big without your mom knowing how to clear a lint trap out.
1: (laughs) And he told me this story, and I was like, there it is. There's my failure as a mother. I didn't teach you to clean out the lint trap. Mm -hmm. He knows how to do laundry. He's done laundry before, but I didn't get to that part in the program where it's like, oh, and by the way, you got to clean out the lint trap because I would just do that and not even think about the yeah. fact that I got to teach this kid about lint traps.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so I'm sorry to all the ladies out there who, you know, if any of, any of you end up with my son and he doesn't know to clean out the lint trap. I mean, he knows now, but <laughs> like, but this, this type of weaponized incompetence where there's that extra emotional labor of mm. tell me what to do and I'll do no, motherfucker, you know what to do. And if you don't know, figure it out just like I had to figure yes. it out. And I, I think that the danger of that is... And then men can't figure out why their wives leave them. Yeah. And and they go, oh, well, then you're going to be alone. I know. And it's a lot less work to be Seriously, alone than you, to take care of yes. two children and a grown-ass man. Yep. And men, a lot of men just aren't grasping this concept.
2: Nope, 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 nope.
1: Where not only is it exhausting to be with you it changes the dynamic from partner to mother and child
2: yeah and it's and deeply unsexy n-
1: and no mother except for really fucked up ones like oh, on no game Manor. of thrones want to fuck their sons
2: right yeah they
1: don't <laughs> they don't it's it's you're, you're right it's really unsexy
2: and they demonstrate that so much during this movie oh about about how she hasn't gotten the ick yet with this guy is beyond me. He,
1: she gets it. He she gets farts the in ic.
2: bed, and she's like, "This is gross." And he is and he- like, "What's gross?" And just keeps doing it. Like, oh, it's the springs. Like he thinks it's funny, right?
1: Can you please talk about the scene where if she didn't get the ick there, I don't know. You, this is the scene you told me about, and I was like, "All right, I'm going to start watching this movie then." Which scene? where he's got this
3: mirror.
2: Oh. <laughs> ah. Yeah, you thought farting in the bed was the was the worst part. So he comes back from a ride mm-hmm. and she's like, Pete, where are you? And she's wandering through the house and she comes into their room, into their principal suite. And he's on his back with his legs in the air. At
1: the end of the bed. At the
2: end of the bed with her makeup mirror, like, you know, those magnifying mirrors with the ring light around mm-hmm. them. On his asshole with his... Phone. Cell phone taking pictures, right? And she's like, she's like, what? Only you? making eye contact with him, like looking everywhere in the room, what but are you at doing? his butthole. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I, I, I've got something in my ass, and I need to know. I need to know if it's something I need to go to I need the doctor. You to tell me, can you have a? I can't get a good picture of it. She's like, we're doing with the camera. I'm trying to get a picture of it so I can upload it to Google and and see if it's something compare I need to Google. compare it to Google, right? Yeah. And she's like, well, he's like, can you just? Have a look, please, so that I know if I need to go to the doctor. And she's like, can we just have like the tiniest bit of mystery Mm -hmm. between us, please? He's like, no, you got to do this for me. You got to do this for me. He's like, I saw you push out two babies. You can do this for me. And then you can see the moment where she just goes. (sighs) (sighs) Yeah. And she literally, literally looks over, goes, it's a hemorrhoid, walks the fuck out of the room. Yeah. And he's like, oh. Thank God. Yeah. And he sees nothing, nothing wrong with asking his wife to do something like that.
1: And here's the thing. This is something else that we've talked about. And we agree with Dan Savage on a lot, a lot of things. But we diverge on a couple of issues. Mm -hmm. And this is one of them. Mm -hmm. The mystery to which she's referring is trying to be the least gross that we can for each other. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. We've been together, what, almost six years?
2: Six years and a couple of months, yeah.
1: We still always close the bathroom door. You try as hard as you can for me to leave the room before you fart, or you always put the fan on when you're taking a shit.
2: Yeah, use a different bathroom. You you usually
1: go to a different part of the house, so I don't have to hear the noises that come out. Yes. And even if I can hear it, the point is The the effort has been made to keep that away yeah. from me, you know,
2: and it, and it wasn't about seeing the butthole. No, because
1: I've no, seen your butthole. You've hole. seen
2: mine. I've seen yours. What? Well, it's cool, but it's the context.
1: Yeah, go to the doctor.
2: And the emotional labor that she that he can't just go to his doctor mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, I've got this thing going on in my butt. Can you like? Do I need to be worried about this, or is this something simple?" Instead, it's just adding one more thing onto her plate load of shit she needs to do is to also become a proctologist for for her husband right <laughs> now a consulting proctologist and
1: she's you know and she's not she's not a saint either like she gives him shit about eating cupcakes and yep. treats and all that kind of stuff and she is secretly smoking
2: yes she goes to great lengths
1: every time she gets stressed she, has she secretly smokes and there's one time. I think they're downstairs getting birthday stuff ready for her. She and it reminded me of and just like that with Carrie. She's got a scarf on her head. She's got the window open. She's got gloves on her hands. Yeah. And she's smoking out the window.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's to keep the smell off of her hands, out of her hair, mm-hmm. out of the room. Yeah,
2: she's got like like dishwashing gloves. Yeah, on. rubber gloves. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Because any other gloves, they're gonna permeate, right? Yeah, yeah. And it just goes to show like how much pain they're both in. Yeah, where it's like, like how this much is they're what hiding.
2: To... Yes, there's so many secrets in that marriage, and it's not infidelity, which you would think would be the common thing. No, it's actually way more mundane than that.
1: But I I think that's a lot more common.
2: Yes, but it's much more insidious too.
1: Yes, because that'll. Remember, we've talked about this before that apathy kills Mm. more relationships than infidelity ever will. And it's just, and I don't mean to be braggy or, you know, or...
2: Boastful. Glib. Glib.
1: But like, that's something that I'm very grateful for in our relationship is that I don't feel the need to keep secrets from you. You don't feel the need to keep secrets from me. Mm -hmm. We are able to talk about a whole host of different things. We've had some really really difficult conversations mm-hmm. in our relationship and it
2: sucked having them at the time sure but it's always been better yes for having it and getting it out in the open Absolutely. i've been in relationships where i've had to keep a lot of secrets and at the beginning it seems like oh it's no big deal i'll just keep this secret and then i'll keep this next secret and then i'll keep another secret and then i'll keep a secret about the secret about the secret that i'm keeping and then before you know it you're, you're, unrecognizable. You're, you're, yeah, and you're underwater trying to juggle <laughs> mm. all these different falsehoods. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not a way I want to live. And my
1: memory isn't good enough to be a liar. Like, I, I don't remember shit well enough. Like, there's no way I could keep that shit straight. Yeah. There's things that my kids say to me, You said this, th- you said blah, 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 blah. My older son has an auditory memory in the 99th percentile. Yeah. If I said something, he would remember
2: you're it. Right. Yeah. And
1: I'd be like, Oh, fuck. I don't
3: remember
2: saying that. He's like, yeah, you
1: said that on October 27th, 1999. Like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, it's it's awful. And the pressures, the pressures on, I I think as you get into your 40s, yes, I think there are pressures from different areas, right? You have set up a life. Mm -hmm. And so if you are working for someone else, you do feel that pressure to just take all kinds of shit because you don't want to lose the life that you've built. Yeah. Right? You do whatever you can to keep that Mm
2: -hmm. life.
1: And Mm -hmm. that can be a bit of a prison. It can be.
2: I've seen more than one friend I know that is a prison to their lifestyle. Yeah. Right.
1: There yeah, absolutely. The whole thing with and and this uh, this must be an American thing. I don't know. Or maybe it's a private school thing. I don't know. But like, mm. just like when we, we talked about sex life,
2: mm-hmm. what
1: is it about that principals and teachers at schools in the States, do they think that you work for them? Because...
2: I think there's this expectation that, that parents help out in the education process, whether it's through fundraising or supplies for the classroom, like that these classrooms can't function if parents don't do stuff. But
1: I could see publicly funded. mm But it seems like the private schools have even more of an expectation Mm. that you're involved. And it's
2: like... Even in Modern Family, where Jay and Gloria have their young son, Joe, there was a whole episode about being the class parent for the thing. And Jay needed to go in and do it. And like, there's all this stuff. And it's like, what? Like, parents work. How are you expecting parents to be, you know, be able to donate all this time?
1: Well, and the thing is, like and and they're very like oh okay i'm so sorry and they're all like flustered and 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 embarrassed I don't report and it's like to you. i don't work for you <laughs> yeah. i don't work for you it's craziness
3: mm-hmm.
1: it's crazy i think i was thinking about it cuz that's one of the situations where she goes and secretly smokes in her car after that cuz mm-hmm. she gets like a dressing down
2: mm-hmm.
1: by the teacher you were telling me about that story about... There's a woman suing the school board. What state was that? It was that? in Florida. In Florida. Of course it is.
2: Of course it is. Um,
1: she's suing the school board because...
2: So she she volunteered very heavily at her kid's school.
1: With supplies. With and
2: supplies. And like, and like she ran fundraisers and she would chap she would her own trips and all this kind of stuff. And she, just before the pandemic, started an OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. And she used the money from her OnlyFans... To support herself so that she was free to be able to volunteer and be... Uh, as she Around was a sing- for her kid. Yeah, she was, became a single mother and whatever. So that's how she got into it. And another parent at the school, mm-hmm. before Halloween this past year, told the school board, complained to the school board, sent some of the photos mm-hmm. and complained to the school board. And the school board revoked her access.
1: Barred her.
2: From, from interacting with students on school property. Yeah. Like she was some kind of sex offender or something, but they
1: still took her stuff. Like she gets to leave a basket of goods. Yeah, so at she, the still, door brings, of the she still brings the
2: pumpkin carving supplies. Yeah, and just leaves it at the door, and somebody comes Fuck and picks those it up. People, Fuck and those so people. she's suing. She's suing the school board because wow. it's like you can you can't, you can't accept the gifts that she brings and then tell her that she's not for whatever reason. She has a right to her own private life and there was nothing in her behavior that warranted being banned. It's not like she was making child porn or something. Did she do something at school?
1: No, she didn't. It's like, oh
2: my God. She was basically like the PTA president mom. Yeah. And was funding that through something that people morally objected to, but was and, nothing, was completely and, legal. And you
1: know what? And it's private. That means that somebody subscribed to her shit. Yeah. And we're like, oh, and somebody else was like, maybe their wife. And like, we, oh, we, hell we, no.
2: We come across profiles on, on dating apps like field where people have, they don't put any face pictures. Cause they're like, you know, we need to, you know, we need to be private in case other people see it. It's like, bro, who, who out, are there really that many people that are out there fishing around on field to expose you as being in a non traditional relationship. And this
1: is the other thing too. I mean I mean he says as we're anonymous on
2: On our podcast. But that's because of your job.
1: Yes, I know, but that's what I'm saying. That has nothing to do with that has nothing to do with how I do my job or not do my job. But people are shitty.
2: But we but we have face pics on our dating profiles. I know we do. So it would take people but
1: we don't have like of cheating on fear in our bio. No, no. (laughs) But the thing is, is that like there needs to be, that. that's one thing that I do agree with Dan Savage is that there needs to be a normalization Mm -hmm. of sex work, that it's still work. And unless there is evidence that you are a danger to children, mm-hmm. then shut the fuck up and yeah. leave people alone and yep. let them make money. The Like, leave them alone. Yeah. Sex work is work. Yep. Sorry, I just wanted to circle back to, you oh, know how yep. we were talking about the fart and the yes. shitting in the butthole and all that kind yep. of stuff? Another thing that I think men don't understand about that is something that Wednesday Martin has talked about is about the way female desire works versus male desire. Mm. So you could walk into the bathroom and see a dump that I put in there and then flush that and then walk into the room and I could be naked on the bed and you could be like, Hey, let's yeah. do that thing. Yeah. Whereas if you ripped a fart like Paul Rudd did in that bed and then leaned over to, to go, I'd be like, um, what are you doing? And she says that you are disgusting.
2: Yeah. With lots of venom in her voice
1: yes yeah. disgust is 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 an emotion that's very very difficult to get over like with-
2: that like that kid in milf manor who went to go lean in for a kiss with a mouthful of carrot and hummus or whatever on it and the, and the and the milf was like bro seriously she has a name okay her name's uh, kelly uh disco mom
1: <laughs> she was like you have food in your mouth ick really? like no no yeah, and and so women's desire to like once once we get the ick for you and we are disgusted by you.
2: Good fucking luck. Good bro. luck
1: having good sex luck. with us. Good it's luck. not. It's. I mean, I feel like that's biological in nature, where it's like I don't want to scramble my DNA with this guy because I'm gonna give birth to another buffoon, just like the one standing before Oof. me. Like absolutely not. Oh my god. <laughs> so they both realize. Or she realizes that there's a lot of things wrong with their marriage. Oh, right. Yeah. And so she does what I think a lot of people do is they think they're doing the right thing and they sit down and say, okay, she sits down and she says, okay, here's what we need to do to fix our life, basically. Yeah. And he's like, here's all the things
2: wrong in our life.
1: And here's what we need to do to fix it. And he's like, great.
2: This will be fun.
1: Can't wait. I feel like my cupcakes are on the top of the list. Yep. And she says like, no more junk food.
2: Yeah, we're going to eat better. More
1: we're going to exercise every day. We're going to do this. We're going to do spend that. Spend more time
2: with the kids. Yeah. You know, we're going to deal with our anger issues.
1: And he says, okay, yes, we should deal with your anger. And she was like, what? And he goes, right, our anger. Our is anger issues, right? Which is like super... Like passive aggressive. <laughs> yeah And I was watching that going, that's going to fail because you can't change that many things at once. They
2: literally upended their entire life. Everything that gives them any kind of joy, plus all the things that are wrong in their relationship. And they're trying to change it all tomorrow.
1: Bro, no. If you want to make any kind of sustainable change in your life, sure, make make that list. Go ahead. Make that list. Pick
2: one. Yeah, one at a time. Pick one. Yep.
1: Agree on some actionable steps. Yeah. And then do that for a month. Mm Mm-hmm. And you go, you know what? We can see the benefits of doing things this way. Let's move on to the next one. So
2: she throws her cigarette, breaks them up, throws them in the garbage. He takes the cupcakes, throws them out until he gets to the last one and goes, he kind of is about to wing it in. And then he goes hang on a second, hum. And then he's chewing it and he's about to throw it in again. He's like, well, you know, one more bite, and then, and then he's like, this one for sure. And then he's like, ah, oh, fuck it. Just puts it all in his mouth, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: And and that's that's another thing. Like, as soon as you forbid something, it's all you want. Uh-huh. And it's just really stupid. The way, Like, it's, it's really, really ill-advised yes. ways to make change. Like, you know, I made the decision in the fall to not drink anymore. Yeah. And that was it. Like, there wasn't like, I need to not drink, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to change this, I need to change that. I was like, I'm just not going to drink alcohol anymore. That's it. And focused on that. Mm -hmm. And making that one change, you know, okay, that's manageable. Yeah, yeah. And if I want to change anything else, I'm already... In a different headspace, and
2: it and it doesn't hurt that that one small change actually can have a pretty big impact on your life.
1: I wasn't even a big drinker.
2: No, and n- it, neither neither of us were big drinkers, and
1: I it had a profound effect on a lot of different things, mm-hmm. psychological and physical. Mm-hmm. I slept better, so that's going to affect your mental mm-hmm. health. That's that's like the number one mm-hmm. thing. It affected. It improved my mood. It mm-hmm. improved my stress levels. It, you know, my skin looked better. I dropped a few pounds. Mm-hmm. I Like it, and just not feeling that pressure to have to do that every time we're in mixed company right. or we're out somewhere, but that took some time. Yeah. That took some time to do that, mm-hmm. to say no to a drink or to order sparkling water or to whatever, but
2: you or know, a mocktail.
1: but if you, or a mocktail, I love them. They're tasty and they're. A fraction of the price. One,
2: one of the travel uh, vloggers that I follow on YouTube, he's vegan mm. and he also doesn't drink. Uh-huh. And so when he's reviewing all these like first class and business class products, mm. he, he's always talking about the mocktail menu mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And it's really interesting to.
1: it. It's like a whole new world. Yeah. Because you get these drinks that taste like drinks.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because they have all the sweetness and the juice and the flavors and all that yeah, stuff. There's the just flavor, no alcohol The in flavor
1: it. profile is pretty much the same. Pretty much, yeah. But it, there's no alcohol in it, and it's a fraction of the price because yeah. there's no alcohol in it. Yeah. Now, I don't know what a mule would taste like without, like, that. that used ginger to be, beer and lime juice? That used to be my th- I like
2: ginger beer. No, ginger beer is good. It's but so spicy. That, that
1: used to be my thing was Kentucky mules. Yeah, yeah. And so when you take the bourbon out, it just doesn't taste yeah, the same. Yes, not the same, yeah. But I do like spicy ginger beer. It's pretty yeah. good. Mm-hmm. They talk about, and I think I noticed this. A lot with people. And I think... I wonder if this is going to change as normalizing more of a choice of having children or not Mm, having children. Right. Like when you and I were coming up, there really wasn't a choice.
2: No, you were going to have kids when you got older. You
1: were expected to get married and have kids.
2: Whether that was specifically in your family or just in society in in general. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's shifting a little bit.
2: It seems like. Where
1: people are making that more of a conscious choice. And I'm sure some of it stems from the way they were raised and how much therapy they've had to go through to get get over their childhood. Yeah. Of being born to parents who really didn't want kids to begin with. Yeah. And these two strike me as a couple that really didn't want to have kids. She got pregnant by accident. Mm -hmm. And... So he made
2: an honest woman out of her.
1: Right. Yeah. And then she got pregnant again. Uh Uh-huh. And then in the movie, she becomes pregnant again at 40, which is yeah. uh, terrifying. But, and her doctor says a weird thing where he's like, you're going to have your third baby. And it's like, that's awfully that presumptuous. Don't be, yeah,
2: there's a lot that could happen between now yeah. and when that baby is scheduled to arrive.
1: Yes, exactly.
2: That could involve a baby not being there.
1: Yes. But they talk about how the kids are kind of selfish assholes. Yeah. It's like, God, I think they're in the car yep. talking about... God, like they're such selfish assholes. Like they're just, you can't, and you're like, okay, but you raised them.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like you don't get to complain about what assholes your kids are without turning the mirror around a little bit and going, wait a minute, why are they asking? And there's actually a funny part where they're like, why is she like this? Like Sadie is like full on.
2: Raging hormone teenager. Raging teenager, teenager teenage yeah.
1: girl, like screaming all the time. She hates everything. She hates all of her clothes. They yeah. take away her technology and she fucking loses her mind. Yeah. But like they don't intervene. She's really mean to her little sister. Yes. And she's really, she, she speaks to them very disrespectfully.
2: To the parents. And yeah. they
1: never call her out. They ignore it. They ignore, you know, how she treats Charlotte, her little sister. And you talk about bids for attention. This poor girl is. All she wants is for her older sister to pay attention to Uh her. And that was something that you and I talked about as well, is I was never allowed to treat my brother like shit. Mm -mm. And I never allowed my children to treat each other like shit.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I try to keep them... When I see that behavior starting, I try to end it right away.
1: Oh, the funny scene is when they're trying to find somebody to blame for the way her daughter is. Oh right. And they end up blaming JJ Abrams. Yeah, cuz
2: this kid is like addicted to Lost <laughs> and they took away her technology like two episodes before the end of the season. Yeah.
1: And she was like, I fucking hate
2: And you Lost Lost is notorious for having an ending that nobody saw coming. Right. And so
1: nobody saw that coming.
2: Kind of well, there was a lot of speculation, but well because Lost was one of uh, I promise this is a very small digression. Lost was one of the one of the rare shows where they had mapped out the entire story arc mm-hmm. before they even started. I see. So they knew from the very beginning how it was going to end. Like Harry Potter. Right. So whereas a lot of shows don't necessarily have an end point. They just kind of go until they, you know, the, they get canceled or whatever, right? So they were building to something. So there was a lot of talk about what that actually was going to be. And it was an, it was an ending that a lot of people were kind of like the fuck. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, you never watched lost all the way to the end. No,
1: I I watched the first bit and I was like, I lost interest. Cause it was just, you You lost. (laughs) I was, I was too busy watching prison break. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I watched that to the end. I bet you did. Yeah. And then, yeah. then I found out he wasn't for me. So. I'm not his type. I had a huge crush on Wentworth Miller.
2: Oh, that, he was the lead in that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Michael. Michael.
3: hmm
1: Oh, I was obsessed with him.
2: Oh, I can imagine. I, can I had a
1: mom obsession. You know, like when you're like when your kids are small and like...
2: Yep. Him know. and the Crap Brothers.
1: Yeah, and Steve from Blue's Clues. Steve from Blue's Clues. <laughs> yeah. And then he went off to college. And, and then I felt creepy because I didn't realize he was supposed to be that young. So both of them start to lose it a little bit. And yeah. they have this knockdown drag out fight and
2: It's like it's like almost on the level of the breakup the movie The Breakups fight. Mm, yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like you're like, ooh. In that like, movie there was no coming back, but you're like, ooh, they like ooh, this it, is bad. they could take this to the point of no return. Can
1: you explain to me the mechanics behind men saying, Okay, so like fine, I'm I'm the asshole, I guess. I'm just the asshole. Yep. Can you talk about that a little bit?
2: I think it's I think it's because there's literally you feel like there's literally nothing else that you can say or do to change a situation
1: except that you've been keeping secrets weaponizing incompetence disappearing to the crapper yeah. like all of those things but like this this is what i'm saying yeah but that's these, because, are the, these are the same men that go i guess i'm just the asshole yeah then. That's because, and you want to go yeah you are
2: yeah because because despite all of that you the other person are the pain in the ass and i and i'm never going to be good enough so whatever like this is just me accept it or not and if you don't then fuck i guess i'm the asshole so what then. is
1: that about is that a is that a like this is your invitation to go ahead and leave. If I'm well, such yeah, an asshole, well, yeah, this is
2: this is this is the classic. But
1: these are the guys that fucking collapse when yeah. you finally say yeah, I've yeah, packed yeah, my bags. Yeah, and
2: yeah, because this is that classic. Like, well, you should you want to break up with them, but you don't want to be the asshole that does the breaking up, so you just act like an asshole until they want to break up with you.
1: Do you think he wants her to le- to break up with him?
2: I think in that moment he did. Right. Uh, he, but, I think he's unhappy enough in his life that he could imagine being happier it's interesting that there aren't any divorced friends in their little friend group that's there there. because i think you know that old adage that like divorce is contagious Ah. is like when you have one friend who breaks up and then they all and 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 then and then you're like you, you know, he's going out and having a great time and, you know, he looks better. These relationships are better. He's got more time to do his hobbies and shit. And people are like, I want some of that, right? And it's like, oh, what's the secret? No, I'm divorced, you know? Like, I, Who can't
1: I, be a great father half of every week? Yeah,
2: you know, and, and you're, you don't have to spend time with a pain in the ass 100% of the time and, you know, whatever. I think because there's not somebody in that group and, you know, what I feel like if they were to do a This is 50, mm. a 10 year later there would be some marital breakups in that mm. friend group there mm-hmm. because, yeah, I, I feel like he doesn't he doesn't know anything else he can do. So fuck it, like, let's just end it. You know what I mean? Right. Let's just, let's just sever just, it.
1: Just frustration and just not knowing. Yeah. And this, and you know, dissecting some of the things that happen in this fight, some of it really hit home for me. Mm, really? Yeah,
2: so... Like what?
1: Well, the one thing, like, that's the scene where she shows up in her robe and her tits are out and they're phenomenal yeah. by the way. Oh yeah. And he's just like on the bed on his iPad Doing answering his emails. emails. Yeah. And she's like I'm standing here like, you know. And he and he says to her, "Are you trying to start a fight?" And she says, "No, I'm trying to fuck you." Like <laughs> Yeah. And and it bothers me that you can't tell the difference between those yeah. things. Yeah. You're never in the moment. You're never present. You're never in your body. And I think that that's, that is a something that everyone gets distracted with life and whatever is going on, and especially if they're stressed and they don't see what's happening right in front of Mm -hmm. them. And I mean, you're not going to like this, so cheer later, but I feel (laughs) like that's one of the advantages for our relationship of us not living together. (laughs) Because when we're not together, I mean, both of my kids have moved out now, but you're with your children. Yes. And you're doing the things you need to do as a dad, you know, you're taking care of a lot of things. I'm taking care of a lot of things at my end so that when we are together, we're able to be present
2: right, with each other. Because we, we work really hard to do all the mundane, boring shit that you need to do in your life on the... Time when we're not together right so we can just enjoy our time together and not do house cleaning and right. run errands and do the groceries I mean, and all that kind of stuff
1: we we help each other with stuff there's we do there's projects that we have going on yes. and things that we're working on yeah yeah,
2: yeah. but that's different but,
1: but that's different and so we are able when she said that you're never present you're never paying attention to me you're never in this moment you're mm-hmm. never in your body mm-hmm. and he was like Yes, I am. Do you know how I know? Because I want to get the fuck out of this moment. Yeah. <laughs> and that resonated too, where it's kind of like, oh, fuck, I get that. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't want to be here right now. I, I, I'd, I'd rather be anywhere but here.
2: Yeah, that's smart ass.
1: And then she says, and this is what really hit home for me, because this is the way I felt in my marriage. Okay. And she says, you don't like me. Like, yeah. I can feel that. I know that
2: you don't like me. He's got a lot of contempt for her. Yeah.
1: And I think that that is, that used to upset me so much, that knowledge. And I don't think I even said it out loud to myself until after we split, was that, you know, and I'm going to use air bunnies, he loved me because I was his wife and I was the mother of his kids and I, whatever, whatever. But he didn't like me. Mm. He wasn't in love with me.
2: It's the idea of you.
1: And he, well, or whatever roles I was playing. Right. Yeah. And he liked the optics, you know. I could, uh-huh. He could take me anywhere. I was just as comfortable at a
2: work function, a
1: political fundraiser, as I was at, you know, a dive bar.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't strike me as a dive bar type.
1: I've been to some pretty shitty no, bars. No, he,
2: I don't, or he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh,
1: he can be gritty if he needs to. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much anymore, probably. But I think, I think, I think the whatever. Anyways, <laughs> and. And then he talks about I wish you looked at me the way you look at our kids.
2: Right, you have so much love and affection And affection for our children and you have nothing but contempt for me.
1: Right. And it's like right, but the kids don't retreat to the crapper four times a day for an no. hour each time or do shit behind my back. And for the or-
2: most part they're not they're not combative and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. so
1: it, it like watching Watching the breakdown of this relationship is really yeah. sad because I think that part of being, getting into your forties is very common mm-hmm. where you're so preoccupied with all of the things you need to do that you wake up one day and you don't recognize yourself. You don't recognize your partner. You don't know where this life came from and all you want is out. Yeah. It's really, really hard, really hard to deal with that and reconcile that. It's like, how did I get here? How did this happen?
2: So that that is the kind of end of the second act of that movie. Because <laughs> now it's like, what's going to happen? Are they going to break up? Or are they going to fix it all and be happily ever after?
1: Yeah. And I feel like you'd be able to wrap the rest of this up in a couple of sentences.
2: Yeah. So they basically they they come to the conclusion that it's not them. That's the problem jj Abrams is a problem with their with their with their kids that's why their daughter's all fucked up it's their parents mm-hmm. that they're not mad at each other they're mad at their parents because they both have fathers who ended up having complete second families mm-hmm. and ignoring them and ignoring them
1: or or just well john lithgow is her dad yeah he's, and a, he's a, a spinal surgeon they hadn't seen each other in like seven years and he
2: had never met the kid his granddaughters no Right, and it wasn't like, oh, we're we're not going to fix the shit in our relationship. We're just going to agree that everyone else sucks, and we suck less than everybody else, so we're we're okay.
1: We're going to unite,
2: yeah, us against the world in our
1: disdain of everybody else, yeah, and then like. Things that she hated at the beginning of the movie, she was like, Oh, I like this now. No, you don't. No. It's a second foundation mm-hmm. built on quicksand.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was
1: very unsatisfying. And I could see how ten years ago people would be like, Oh, that's so great. Yeah, they
2: figured no, it it's out. It's not great. Yeah. It's not great. But it's not healthy and it doesn't not at all. it doesn't smell like a recipe for long term success.
1: <laughs> no. No.
2: It's a band-aid on a bullet wound.
1: Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely.
2: That is eventually going to come back
1: and i I think the lesson here is that I can tell you that if you what you resist persists mm. and the older you get, the more intolerable those things become. Yeah, and you cannot live that way. I can't. no, and I don't think you can.
2: Well, we didn't
1: no. <laughs> But, you know, the the life when you when you decide that you're going to build a life that you don't need or want to escape from, it has to be built on communicating with your partner, being honest with yourself about who you are and what you want and what you don't want. You know, I'm I've aged way out of this is 40. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you. I was into my 30s and still cared a lot about what other people thought of me. Yeah, Just like Leslie Mann was dealing with. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I feel like in my 40s, I was pretending like I didn't care what anybody thought of me. You know? Mm -hmm. I would put that air on like, Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck. But I kind of still did.
2: Yeah, but in your 50s you actually
1: I actually don't yeah, I, yeah. I actually don't and not in a mean way. It no. doesn't mean that I'm a mean person and it's no. not that I don't care how I make people feel. Mm. I do care about that. I do care about you know the, the fucks that I give are in the right places right I care about how I treat people and the words that I say to mm-hmm. them. Words have a lot of power mm-hmm. positive and negative negative. Mm-hmm. And so I speak very carefully. To people. Yeah. You know, um, the people that I care about and value in my life, I make sure they know that. Mm-hmm. But as far as that, I'm not people pleasing for anybody. No. This is who I am. And if you don't like that, you don't have to be here. And maybe that's a combination of post COVID clarity mm. and this decade. That could be that too. Yeah. But I'm so done twisting myself inside out to make people like me. Mm hmm. You either know who I am or you don't and 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 that's and I think that one of the best features of our relationship is that I don't have to pretend with you no about anything.
2: no, we both came to each other wanting to just be who we are mm-hmm. and accept the fact that if we're not what the other person wants, we're not going to try and change that right, like this is me yeah. I hope you like it. Yeah, and if not, have a nice life. Yeah, great. It's cool, right? Yeah.
1: And the other part, so many of these misconceptions and antiquated narratives about aging need to go away. Like, and I think that you and I are finding our own way that way. That treating ourselves well by you know not like either not drinking at all or not drinking too much, getting enough sleep, training, having a healthy sex life, Mm. all of those things contribute to not feeling like your life is fucking over mm-hmm. at 40. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you better you better fucking live it up now because, you know, you turn 40 and everything goes to shit. That's not true. No. It doesn't have to be true.
2: I mean, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. It's, but I've it's... seen
1: people in their 20s that have abused themselves since yeah. they were teenagers. Yeah. And, and, and this is not to throw shade on anybody, but you and I have talked about how when we go to jiu-jitsu and they have like sprawl lines or some kind of cardio challenge at the end. A sprawl line is when you clap hands with every single person in the class. And and do like a burpee. And you do like a burpee, yeah. And so it's either timed or until you get to the last person. And I'm 51 and there are people like bowing out of the sprawl line and leaning up against the wall like, (gasps) and like we're barely breathing hard.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like that's not because we're just born like that. It's because we push ourselves and challenge ourselves physically in lots of different arenas, and that's the result of it. And our age is not; it's not a factor, mm. right? So I, I think that's. Am I right about that's kind of why you wanted to do this episode, yeah? To so sort of dispel those myths about yeah. just automatically falling apart.
2: Well, it just yeah because because i'm well into my 40s now and this was not at all what my experience was mm-hmm. there was one thing with when the youngest child started to mirror their behaviors and said i'm tired of everybody fighting right. like and the, and that was the moment where they go oh shit like maybe we need to fucking figure this shit out before we really fuck our kids up mm-hmm. that that part rang true to me because that was that was something in terms of modeling a relationship for my children, I didn't want to be in a marriage that was that dysfunctional. And my kids think that that's just the way marriages or relationships Mm -hmm, are. mm -hmm. Right. But, but beyond that, there was so much of that, that made it look like that fear of a midlife crisis, Mm -hmm. which typically 40 is like the decade that, that people zone in on. Mm -hmm. And it just, Having seen it before I turned 40, like several years before I turned 40, and then watching it again a decade later in my mid-40s and going, holy fuck, like, yeah, <laughs> it could have gone that way.
1: Oh yeah, easily.
2: It could have gone that way. Yeah. But the choices I made resulted in it not. And it's so interesting to look back on it and go, this is what a lot of people are worried about. This is what a lot of people are living. Mm-hmm. And But those aren't the only two options. No.
1: No. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: So I was it was fun. It was fun to watch it again and mm-hmm. it was fun to watch it another time with you. <laughs> and, and and just yeah. Because because of all of the things that we've talked about today. Yeah, so. exactly. Thank you, everyone.
1: Yeah, thanks for listening. Please feel free to leave us a review or send us a DM if yep. you have your own comments on that or have an idea for a show that you something you want us to cover Mm -hmm. we will probably be covering MILF Manor when it's over
2: yeah we want to or at least further on into the season Mm. looks like there's some twists and turns happening I mean, are we secretly hoping that Milf Manor becomes no. Incest Island? No, we're not. No, okay. Ew,
3: no that's
1: so icky. <laughs> if you haven't started watching Milf Manor, it's on Discovery Plus?
2: Uh, yeah, I believe it's a learning channel, a TLC <laughs> show. Yeah. The
1: learning channel. Yeah, so
2: we get it on Discovery Plus up here in Canada. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, so if you, if you want to follow that along and you can do it without feeling... Like, too much of a failure as a human being, please feel free to do that.
2: I mean, reality television is hitting a new low with MILF Manor, let me tell you. And that's saying a lot.
1: It is. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks,
2: everyone. Bye.